found out every blessing to my heart to sing thy grace streams of mercy never ceasing call for songs of loudest praise teach me some melodious sonnet sung by flaming tongues above Praise the mountain fixed upon it, Mount of Thy redeeming love. Here I raise my Ebenezer, here by Thy great help I've good pleasure safely to arrive at home Jesus saw me when a stranger wandering from the fold of God He to rescue me from danger interposed His precious From sin, I shall see thy lovely face, clothing in the blood washed linen. How I'll sing thy wondrous grace. Come, my Lord, no longer tarry, take my ransom soul away. Like a fed by my wandering heart to Well, it's lovely just to join together, isn't it? Just to worship the Lord. Well, in Psalm 66, we read, Shout for joy to God, all the earth. Sing the glory of his name. Give to him glorious praise. Say to God, how awesome are your deeds. So great is your power that your enemies come cringing to you. All the earth worships you and sings praises to you. They sing praises to your name. Amen. Well, let's worship the Lord together in our opening hymn, Joy to the World, the Lord has come.
Well, let's unite our hearts as we pray together. Let's pray. O our loving Heavenly Father, through these winter mornings, oh, may we experience the warmth of your love and joy as you invite us to come and worship. Lord, draw us by your Spirit into the deeps of your presence where we may behold your glory, the glory of the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so, Lord, we come this morning with a desire to enter your gates with thanksgiving and into your divine courts with praise. But often sin clips our wings and each day we trip and we stumble, we fall and our hearts long to soar. Yet, Lord, we feel we fail so often when our yearning is to lead a blameless and a holy life. Lord, it's as if there's a battle that rages in us. That which we want to do, often we just can't do it. So Lord, forgive us. Wash us clean of all our sins. Purify and beautify our lives. For we do pray for your glory. Oh, that the radiance of Christ may be seen more clearly through us. And so grant that this Advent would be a season of new beginnings. And may we drink from the streams of your truth and from the rivers of your grace. And as we continue to sing of your love and praise you for your goodness, and your love that endures forever. Oh, may we say with Jeremiah, great is thy faithfulness. Oh, may Christ be exalted in our worship this morning. And Lord, for those joining us in worship this day, whether online or from their homes, Lord, may your Holy Spirit fill their hearts and homes with power from above and with joy unspeakable, full of glory. And as we pray in the wonderful name of Jesus, we now join our hearts as we share in the Lord's Prayer, praying together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Well, we take our Bible reading or Bible readings from the prophecy of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 7 and there at verse 14. And then we're going to go on to read Isaiah chapter 9 verses 6 and seven and that's to be found in page seven hundred and nineteen in the Pew Bible. Page seven hundred and nineteen. Just the what single verse verse fourteen and then we'll go to the next page in chapter nine at verse six. Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. 
The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Amen. Well, we now turn to our reading in Matthew's Gospel. The Matthew's Gospel, chapter 1, and there we'll read from verse 18 to 25, and that's page 1013 in the Pew Bible. Matthew 1, verse 18. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit, because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, the virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus. Amen. And may the Lord bless us the reading of his precious word. Well, I would like us to return to our reading in Isaiah, there in chapter 7 and also in chapter 9. Well, before I do that, I have to say, I find the, the, the new hymn for the month is a beautiful hymn. Can I encourage you, if you haven't heard it before, take the words home with you and reflect and meditate on them. It's just the scriptures. It's the truth of the word of God. And I, I have to say that I always find my heart just moved at that third verse where it says, He fights for breath. He fights for me. Isn't that a wonderful picture of the truth of the gospel? As Jesus there hung on the cross, he was, as he was fighting for his breath, his last breath, he was fighting for you. He was fighting for you, for each one of us, that we would know forgiveness and peace and joy. And that's my prayer this morning as we Continue through our Advent season that you will know peace with God, that you will know the peace of Christ to overwhelm you, that you'll leave as we worship together through this month, that you will just leave just with your heart lifted and encouraged. Whatever you're going through, that the peace of Christ would dwell richly in you. Well, let's 
Consider here in Isaiah, as we read these well-known verses, maybe we, we often forget that this was a, an extremely dark time. This was an awful time. God had promised he would, be, he would bless Abraham and that he would make his descendants to be a blessing to all nations. That through Israel, God will bless not just the Jewish nation, but Gentiles, you and me. Through Abraham's descendants, Scotland would be blessed. Stevenson would be blessed. Ayrshire would be blessed. That you would be blessed. And so we look to the great promise that God gave to Abraham and we, and we celebrate. And how God had promised David that his throne would be established forever and ever and ever. One is coming. And he will rule on the throne of David. And he will be the fulfillment of the promise and the blessing to Abraham. But now as we come into Isaiah's day, you can feel for them, can't you? It's a dark hour. It's a dark hour. What's been going on? Well, they're all wondering. What's happened to God's promise? I thought God was going to bless us. What about the throne of David being established forever? What a mess. Look at what's going on. Is God going to fulfill his promise? Is God truthful? All that he promised those all those years ago, will it ever happen? And there's a remnant there in Israel and in Judah, and they questioned God's faithfulness. They began to doubt. And I can understand how they felt, because they were looking on a world, and especially their own world, God's own people had now turned their back. They had turned their back on God. As Isaiah tells us, they had become a spiritual harlot. Those who claimed God as their own, oh, we are the people of God, now we find them just worshipping anything and everything. And of course, they added Jehovah to the mix as well. They could say, oh, we do still worship Jehovah, but oh, we've got other gods too. And, but you know, they turned their back on God. And even when they did come to worship Jehovah, God said to them, your heart's not in it. You're, in other words, you, you're coming to church, but your heart's really not there. It's maybe become a tradition. Maybe it's a habit. We can come to the worship of God as a, as a habit. And maybe there's nothing really from the heart. Maybe we go away saying, well, Lord, I've done it. That's another Sunday again. I've ticked the box. That was, that, now I'm, I'm talking about Isaiah's day. <laughs> this is Isaiah's day. Here they are, just going through the motions. And the Lord said, you're bringing all your offerings and all your, your sacrifices, but what does he say? He said, see how the faithful city has become a harlot. She once was full of justice, righteousness used to dwell in her. But now, murderish. God declares their worship meaningless. He said, your heart's not in it. Your heart's not in it. 
There's no heart relationship. Remember, worship is where we come into, not a church building to sing our hymns and go through our prayers and our Bible readings and hear a sermon. That's not worship. Worship is where your heart engages with God himself. Where we come on a Sunday and and we engage with Christ, who we believe is risen indeed. He's here with us by the power of his spirit. And each Sunday should be a time where we look forward to engaging with the Lord. Now, of course, this isn't just for a Sunday. This is every day of our lives. We can worship him. We can engage with him. We can have a relationship. We're not here to follow a religion. We're not here to follow an ideology that our parents handed on to us. We are here to worship, to engage from our hearts that we would know peace with God, that we would know love and mercy and grace, that we would know Christ more deeply, that we would love him more than we do, that we would grow deeper in our relationship with the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It ought to be the desire of our hearts, Lord, I want to know you. I want to love you. I want to experience you. I don't want a head knowledge. I don't want to brush up on my knowledge of theology each Sunday. And I don't want to read my Bible each day in order to brush up on my theology and to see if I can understand the Bible a bit more. The Word of God should lead us into the very presence of God. The Bible ought to be read daily. That's how we grow. Jesus said that we're sanctified, we're cleaned, we're washed each day through his word. As we read the scriptures, they can transform us. But the word of God leads us into life, into Christ himself, into a relationship with God. And so never be content just reading your Bibles each day. When you read, pray, Lord, thank you for your word. But Lord, now will you take me into your presence more deeply. May your word dwell in my heart richly, not in my head. Lord, I'm filled up with all the Bible knowledge you could give me. And I still don't understand it. How many of you have felt like that? doesn't matter how often we read our Bibles, all the year through. Sometimes we come after five years of reading the Bible in in a year and we still say, do you know this? I don't know if I know as much (laughs) each year. I just think, oh Lord, I forgot this was there and I forgot that was there. Have you ever felt like that? Have you ever read the Bible again all the way through and there's parts again that you think, wow, I didn't see that. Oh, the word of God, yes, it's a treasure house. But that treasure house brings us to the treasure himself, Christ, to the Lord. And so this morning, Isaiah's day, oh, they were going through the outward motions, all right. Yes, they were, in a way you could say, they were reading their Bibles and they were even praying But listen to what the Lord says. 
When you spread out your hands in prayer, I will hide my eyes from you. Even if you offer many prayers, I will not listen. That's the Lord speaking to the people of his day. Because their hearts weren't in it. They were throwing out these rote prayers that had no heart, that really, when the people prayed, they didn't really look for an answer. They didn't expect God to answer in any way. It was, well, I have to read my Bible and I have to pray. And so I've now done it. And the Lord says, look, I can't even hear your prayers anymore. Your heart, your heart has to be in this. True worship. Now, this may sound doom and gloom, but you know, in Isaiah's day, as Isaiah looked on his own world, oh, he began to wonder himself, where is the comfort of God? Where is the nearness of God? Where is his great works? Where is his glory? Where is the glory of God? All gone. And what about God's promise? That God will bless. Has God left us? Well, God himself answers that very question. Does God fulfill his promise? Has he left us? Well, God answers the question with Isaiah the prophet himself. His name means Jehovah is salvation. God was telling Israel, even through the prophet Isaiah... He gifts them the wonderful prophet Isaiah. God is salvation. I will save you. I will fulfill my promise. Even in these dark days that you're going through, even when your heart's not in this, I am going to fulfill my promise. And so here, God promises, I'm going to deliver my people. And I will purify them. Those walking in darkness will see a great light. They will see great joy. And they're going to see great liberty. They're going to be set free. Hallelujah. God will accomplish all this. How is he going to do it? Well, we're told he's going to accomplish it through Emmanuel. Who is Emmanuel? Emmanuel, of course, means God with us. God's going to accomplish all that he promises through Emmanuel. God is going to come in human flesh. Our Emmanuel, he will come. And so Isaiah, so this Christmas, I would love us to come by the fireside of Isaiah now for Christmas. And look, as you go through the prophecy of Isaiah, you'll see the wonderful story, the gospel of Christ. You'll see Emmanuel. And Isaiah invites us, behold your Emmanuel. Look, God is with us. And this promise of Emmanuel coming is going to be fulfilled. One day, Emmanuel will come. He will walk this very earth. And Isaiah, in verse 14, in chapter 7, first of all, notice, his, he describes the miraculous birth of Emmanuel. He's going to be a miracle birth. He will be born from a virgin. And then consider, from Christ, from this Emmanuel, 
who will be born from a virgin. He's then going to, you're going to see many miracles testifying to this. Remember the angelic announcements there in Luke's gospel and in Matthew? What a miracle. He's coming. He's coming. Emmanuel is coming. The angels declare it. Even the tax, the taxing of the people when people all had to come in to their home villages. There Mary and Joseph now drawn to Bethlehem in order to be taxed. What a miracle that God would work all these things together so that we would see the miraculous birth of Emmanuel. Even the star came to behold Emmanuel. Wise men, I don't know how later, but, but these wise men came at a later date to the home where Jesus now was dwelling and they beheld Emmanuel. God with us as they brought their gifts as they brought their treasures and as they brought their hearts because we're told that they came what to do? to worship him they didn't come to tick right we've done it let's go back their heart was in this they were drawn to Emmanuel and they knelt down and they worshipped him the angelic host came worshipping him too. Glory to God in the highest. You can now know peace. You can now know the peace of Christ. You can know the peace of God. Because Emmanuel has come. God is with us. Isn't that wonderful? And Isaiah saw it. He saw it all those hundreds of years before. He saw the miraculous birth of Christ. He saw the great miracle of the incarnation. For unto us a child is born. Whoever Emmanuel is, he's going to be a child. He's going to be clothed in humanity. He's, he's going to be human. He's going to be, full, he's going to be a, fully a child, fully man. And so there, for unto us a child is born. You see the humanity of Christ. And to us a son is given. There we see the deity of Christ. He will be fully God and fully man. That's Emmanuel. And here Isaiah, he saw that miraculous birth. The miraculous incarnation. God becoming human. God taking on flesh, and not just taking on flesh, but taking on our humanity. Jesus knows what it's like to go through storms and trials. He knows what it's like to be hungry. He knows what it's like to be thirsty. He knows what it's like to want to meet with his Father in that place of prayer. He knows what we go through. Yet, the Bible tells us though, but Jesus has never sinned. That's the one thing he hasn't done. But oh, he relates to us. He knows what we go through. He understands. And as we notice in Isaiah there in chapter 7, we see, yes, we see his miraculous birth. But I want you to notice now in chapter 9, as we read in Isaiah chapter 9, Isaiah goes on now to describe his many names. It's an unveiling, this Emmanuel, this, 
this child who's going to be born, this son who's going to be given to the world to rescue us from our sins, who, who will bring us and restore us into a relationship with God where we can know peace and eternal peace at that. And oh, to be brought into his wonderful kingdom that's coming. As, as Isaiah now unveils his wonderful names, he says, look at Emmanuel. Yes, look at his wonderful birth, his life, his death, his resurrection, his ascension, and his return. But Isaiah says, look, he's wonderful. He's wonderful. His name is wonderful. His birth is wonderful. His life is wonderful. His prayers are wonderful. All that he's done for you and me is wonderful. The dying on the cross for you and for me. Oh, he's wonderful. As he went into the grave and as he went down into death. Oh, how wonderful that he would rise. He would ascend on high and he now sits at the right hand of the Father praying for each one of you right now. How wonderful. And what a wonderful counsellor. He's a wonderful counsellor. He really cares about each one of us. He understands. He, he really cares for you, what you go through. He knows when storms will come upon our lives. And he knows when we feel everything's out of control. He knows what it's like to, especially for parents carrying young children. There's a lovely verse in Isaiah where we, we see the wonderful counselor. We're told that he looks tenderly upon those who carry young. Now, some of you here today know what it is to, to carry young children. You've had children born to you. And you remember the days when they were wee. You remember the days when you were hoping to get to church or you were hoping to get to a meeting. You were hoping to get to the prayer meeting or you were hoping to get somewhere and now you can't. Your child is demanding all the attention and all that you and all your prayer times when they used to be oh your prayer you had lovely prayer times before <clears throat> you could spend hours in prayer you could you loved your quiet times you had your your oh you you would have your devotion time in the morning and it was wonderful you had your evening devotions and it was wonderful and maybe during the day you would maybe have opportunities just to throw up these arrow prayers to the lord as you read something in the news you'd be praying oh lord help them help the people of ukraine lord help those who are struggling today and you would throw up these prayers but oh when the children come it's, Lord, I'm so sorry. I don't have time today to spend long with you. And you know, sometimes, yes, we can't do what we used to do as we carry young. And some of the grandparents here know what, what I'm talking about. But you know what the Lord says? The Lord says that he looks tenderly in these days of our lives when we are carrying young, when there are things we want to do, but we just can't do them. When we miss out on things because our heart has to be focused on bringing up the young. And the Lord says, oh, I look tenderly. Don't worry, I understand when you can't get to a place that you want to be. I totally get it. Don't worry. The Lord is so compassionate. He's the wonderful counsellor.
And he's the mighty God. He's the mighty, powerful, strong one. He has all power and authority over creation, over rulers, over kings, over nations, over sickness, over the angels. Oh, he has all power and all authority. For he created all things. When Jesus there in Bethlehem was born, these tiny wee hands, isn't it amazing to think that these hands were the ones that threw stars into space? These same hands, these tiny wee hands, would one day, would fight for breath and would fight for us. What a wonderful counsellor. What a mighty God. And he will be the everlasting father. He will be born a child. He will be a, a son given. And he's also the everlasting father. I like that. Jesus ever lives to intercede for you and me. Yesterday, today and forever Jesus is the same. He is the everlasting Father. He holds all things together. And his birth, his life, his teachings, his death, his resurrection, all testify to his power. He is the everlasting Father, the mighty God, the wonderful Counselor. Before Abraham, Jesus said, before Abraham was, I am. He is the ancient of days. That's Jesus. That's Emmanuel. He is the father, the founder, the author of our faith. And he's the finisher. He is the life giver. God hath given, us, given to us eternal life. And this life is in his son. What a wonderful counsellor. What a mighty God we serve. He's our everlasting father. And he, is, and he will be the prince of peace. I believe all of us, each day, there are moments where we lack peace, don't we? Things rob us of our peace. We lack peace with our neighbours. As, as the news often highlights, we've lost peace with our creation. And for many, they've lost peace with God. But Isaiah tells us, Emmanuel, when he comes... He will be the Prince of Peace. He is going to usher in peace. You will have peace with God when you see him, when you behold him, and when you receive him, the Prince of Peace. You will know peace. You will know that peace of Christ that goes beyond our understanding. You will know peace with God, and you will know the peace of God. All there in Emmanuel. And can I just close? Yes, Isaiah saw his miraculous birth. Isaiah saw his many names. 
But he also saw his magnificent kingdom. He will usher in a kingdom of peace. A broken world one day will experience shalom, that wholeness, that peace of God in Christ. Isaiah tells us in chapter 11 at verse 9 that violence will be taken from the earth. Even all the animals will be at peace. And great joy, Isaiah tells us in chapter 35, there at verse 10, we're told that great joy will characterize his magnificent kingdom. When his kingdom comes, there will be joy. Everlasting, everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. And so, this Christmas, Isaiah brings us to Christ, our Emmanuel. Oh, will you behold his miraculous birth this morning? Behold his many names. And behold his magnificent kingdom. Would you bow your heart today before King Emmanuel? Would you receive him? Would you put your trust in him afresh? Would you lay hold of him? Oh, that today your heart would cry out, Lord, I want to know life in your name. I want to know Emmanuel, God with us. Is that your prayer? And maybe today some of you are struggling. Maybe there are things going on in your life and you're, you're like those in Isaiah's day. Lord, where are you? Are you there? Do you really care? Oh, can I encourage you? Whatever you're going through, call upon Emmanuel, God with us. Oh, that you would call upon the Lord. Trust him. And so can we unite our hearts as we just have a quiet time of prayer and then Helen is going to lead us in our intercessory prayers. But just let's have a quiet time. Let us pray together. Heavenly Father, as we come to your throne of grace, we are so thankful for your amazing love which was shown by giving your beloved Son to be the Saviour of the world. At this time of Advent, we celebrate his coming to earth in order to bring us back to you. We do thank you that we are free to meet together and bring our praise and worship. We pray for all who are unable to be with us because of illness and those who are particularly lonely at this time of year. May they all be aware that you're with them wherever they are and whatever their circumstances. Help us to reach out where we can and do make us a blessing to the people we meet. As we see such poverty and hardship in our own communities and in other parts of the world, move us as members of your family to show your love and compassion to a needy world. We thank you for all the gifts donated today May they be a blessing to many people, younger and older, and may they, in the words of the carol, bring some comfort and joy. We also give thanks for the tithes and offerings given today. 
and ask that they will be used for the cause of your kingdom. Oh, Father, our world seems to be in turmoil wherever we look. So much suffering, so much division, and such cruel wars. We pray that the Prince of Peace will indeed bring peace on earth and cause leaders and government to, to act justly and with compassion. Father, in these uncertain times for our church, we pray your will be done. May we keep our eyes fixed on you and put our trust in you. We ask, as Scott has preached your word this morning, may we all be inspired to live our lives for our Lord Jesus, who came to earth to redeem us. And may we be ready and willing to spread the good news of Jesus. In your mercy, Lord, hear our prayers as we ask everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Well, thanks so much, Helen, for leading us in our intercessory prayers. Well, we're now going to sing in our closing carol. This is a, again, this is a beautiful carol. See in yonder manger low, born for us on earth below. See the tender lamb appears, promised from eternal years. So let's worship together.
And so may, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God our Father and the fellowship, comfort and the power of the Holy Spirit be with you all now and forevermore. Amen.